Good morning, and welcome to my recovery podcast. My name is Akeem. Uh, I am back at it, back with you. Uh, half of January is already over, so I just want to say hello. Um, a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff is going on. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed, and the one thing that has not changed is that I am still recovering, which is a great thing. Now, uh, overnight, it snowed, and uh, we're sort of you know, locked down, for lack of a better word. So I decided that today was the perfect time to come back and talk about my recovery. Now, a lot of things have changed in my life. Uh, A lot of things have uh, just happened since the last time I spoke with you. So we're going to talk about some of them, and we're going to celebrate recovery today. So welcome back to my recovery pod. Now, um, what's happened uh, in the last month? Well, uh... I changed jobs. I think I mentioned that last time. Um, I also got like a $3 raise, which was great. Um, It's good to have money in my pocket. Although one of the things, most important things, is that I had to make sure that that does not become a trigger for me because money in my pocket always meant um, going out and using. If I had extra money, or, well, if I had any money, to tell you the truth, it always meant to use. But now that I do have some excess spending cash, uh, one of the biggest things that I need to remember is that, one, I don't have to spend every cent that I have, every chance that I get, uh, although I do like nice things, and I can afford nicer things than I've been able to afford in a long time. But because I can afford something doesn't mean that it's necessary. It doesn't mean that um, I need to spend everything that I have. And as a recovering addict, I have to be very, very careful that I don't fall back into patterns of behavior that were indicative of my addiction. And I'm very aware of that. So emptying my bank account because I want a nice jacket or uh, I want some nice sneakers or whatever it is um, is not necessarily conducive for my recovery, nor is it worthwhile for me because you never know when something bad might happen, when you might actually need that money and then you're asked out. Like It's very difficult, especially right now where everybody is sick. Everybody that I know is either coming off sick or getting sick or somewhere in between. Uh, Corona, obviously, is a major thing. But there's also the flu because we're all coming in the houses and it's cold outside, so nobody wants to be out there. And in the end, that conglomeration of people causes uh, spikes in infection. So we're all back in the houses. We're all stacked on top of each other. And getting sick is just one of those hazards of that happening. So I have to be careful. Um, Two Saturdays ago, um, 
I got a phone call from the police, which is for an addict like me, is always something for my heart to go. Bop, 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 bop. I'm sorry about the sound effects, but uh, that's one of those things. Um, but it's one of those things where I think, why are the police calling me? And I know I haven't done anything. I haven't committed any crimes in such a long time. Although there are crimes out there that uh, I doubt they're looking for me for. But who knows? But uh, my baby's mother, for lack of a better term, had gotten sick and gotten taken to the hospital. And they needed me to go pick up my daughter. Which is a very scary thing. Also, I'm glad that I woke up to the phone call because sometimes I don't. Um, but I had to go pick up my daughter and make sure she was situated and make sure that her mom was okay. Um, and I did. And everything is fine now. But if something happened to my daughter's mom, right now I don't have any place for my daughter to go. That's one of those things that scares me. And in that same vein, I need to make sure that I situate myself um, in case something does happen, something more serious. Because my daughter is a priority in my life. So yes, I do have money. Yes, I do have a place to stay and I'm not out in the cold or anything like that. But I'm not in a place that I want to be in my life and I am very aware of that so all the good and all that other stuff I have to make sure that I keep I temper any sort of impulses that I have because let's face it I'm an addict so impulses is what I live on and make sure that I do the right thing to make sure I secure the future for my daughter and myself and everybody that I love that's really important <laughs> It's really important for me to make sure that I make up for some of the things that I've done. Now, um, I think about three weeks ago, uh, I sat down with my sponsor. And for those of you who aren't in one of the 12-step uh, recovery programs, um, I have a sponsor. Uh, he helps guide me through the 12 steps of the program that I'm in. And we talk about recovery and he helps me understand what I'm looking for, and what I'm trying to do and how that is conducive for me to stay clean. So I sat down with him and we did what is called a fourth step, um, which goes over your past traumas. You talk about them. You talk about what you've done and how that's affected you and what your part was. Because here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of things that have happened, a lot of uh, anger that I, that you hold on to. But <clears throat> a lot of times, as an addict, you want to blame everybody else. As a matter of fact, one of the, the, re, the recovery uh, sayings is, you know, through our inability to accept personal responsibility, we often create our own problems. And I always thought, I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people who always recognizes the fact that a lot of things that I've done are my own personal choices. 
And where I've ended up is because of myself. But even so, internally, in my head, I still can think, oh, well, so-and-so did this to me. That necessarily wasn't affecting my behavior, but I'm still mad at them. And resentment is one of those things that can eat you up inside. And I was talking to a young man at one of the meetings about resentment. And I said, you know, resentment is like another old saying is like piss running down your leg. Only you feel it. If I resent somebody else, they're living their life. They're having a good time. They're doing whatever is going on with them. But I'm still feeling that. And they're running space in my head. And being the egoist I am, uh, I don't like anybody else renting space in my head. When, and I'm also very selfish, so I, you know, I don't want to be thinking about other people when I could be thinking about me. Which is a, an interesting thing to say, but it's, it's true. I, I want to think about me and what I'm doing. I don't want to be upset with you. I don't want to be worried about what you're doing and how you're getting over or any of that stuff. That's just not my idea of a good time. You know, I got enough. I think I'm important enough. I got enough stuff on my plate rather than worrying about you. So back to what I've been doing. So I worked on my fourth step. And I talked with my sponsor and we spent all day doing it. Spent the whole day, which can be a bit daunting. But we had a good time and we had some great pizza. And we really got to know each other. And he talked about some of his stuff and I talked about some of my stuff. And it helped. And that's the the big thing about this. I trusted that what he was asking me to do would help. And it did. And it made me realize some things about myself and about my part in a lot of stuff. It also gave me, gave me some second to pause and think maybe I do need to forgive myself for a few things. You know? Some things that I, I, I have held on Going back to my childhood, my marriage, you know, I I haven't seen my ex-wife in 19 years, I think, 2002. So almost 20 years, I haven't seen that woman, you know, and I'm still holding on for stuff like that. I haven't talked to her in like eight, you know, we have no kids. We have nothing to talk about, but there's still stuff that sometimes pops up and I got to deal with that. I got to get through it. You know, I don't want her running space in my head. You know? I'm sure she doesn't think about me very often. Which is hard for me to say because, like I said, I have a big ego. But I'm pretty sure she doesn't. And that's okay, too. I'm more than happy to see the fact that (laughs) I'm not important in her life. And nor should she be important in mine. So that's that's another thing that I've done over the last month or so that I haven't been recording. Also, I've worked like a madman. I've worked a lot. Um, This week itself, I worked five and a half twelves. I had to come home early last night because of the snow. Otherwise, I worked full six six twelves. You know, and every hour after 72 hours, they pay me overtime which with the raise is significantly more. But I need to build up my savings. I need to get my own place. 
I need to set my ducks in a row. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to talk about my plans for this year. I want to talk about where I've been and where I'm going. Because one of the things that I've learned in this thing that you need a purpose. I know I'm a bit all over the place, but bear with me. Um, It's been a little bit, so my thesis was to talk about what's happened. Um, But I've got so many ideas for podcasts and so many ideas for where I want to go with this thing. So actually, I'm going to revert back to my original idea. Um, This last month or so has been wonderful, but also difficult. Um, For Christmas, I spent it with my daughter. Um, I'm sure I went over this before. Um, I worked, I want to say 20 hours, 19 and a half hours, I believe. Um, the day before Christmas Eve into Christmas Eve until about one thirty in the afternoon. And then I went to go visit my daughter, which was great. And I fell asleep, um, until about midnight. Then I had to put, uh, some presents underneath the the tree. And when we woke up, uh, it was Oculus time to the max. And I thank the Lord that I was able to, one, afford the crazy amount of presents that I bought my daughter, but that I could spend that time with her. Well, it wasn't a year ago this time, I didn't have any money for her Christmas presents. Two years ago, I was in jail when Christmas came and New Year's. So I am really blessed that this year I was able to not only spend the money, but spend the time with her, which she enjoyed. We also got this rattlesnake game where it's sort of like operation where you grab the you grab some nuggets out the lap of a rattlesnake. And if it recognizes you, it pops its head open it's really low tech, but it's fun and she loves it. And, you know, it's very simple, you know, very, very simple. We were also playing some uh, Mario on this like little Nintendo thing that I got from a guy from work that has like 600 games on it. And of course, they're all old dot matrix side scrollers, but, you know, it's simple. She's eight. I don't want her playing, you know, all that super, like, uh, what was it? I don't know. The PlayStation 5 or whatever. Whatever the, the newest game system is out there. I don't know what it is. Because I, I don't own a game system myself. Elizabeth has two. And I almost, I almost bought her a Switch. But here's the thing. Um, I bought her the Oculus. And the games are like 20 bucks a whop. But the Switch, like, the games are like 60 bucks a piece. Like, Jesus Christ. I had to buy a $300 handheld video game, and the games cost 60 bucks. That's an outlay I cannot afford. But even if I could afford it, I don't think I should. You know, things are expensive. And as much as I want to make her happy, I'm not sure that's good for her. So we did that. And then... Uh, over New Year's, um, I worked, and then I fell asleep till like 11.30, <laughs> New Year's Eve. I worked 
um, because I was up most of the day. And then I watched the ball drop in Hershey overlooking Senior Hall. And for those of you who aren't, who didn't go to Milton Hershey or aren't familiar with Hershey, um, Senior Hall is where I went to high school with. So it's very um, nostalgic for me to see it lit up and think about being there all those years ago and all the memories flawed back of being up on the hill and looking at looking out and listening to the park and all the other stuff and senior hall makes me happy although i watched the telecast and i was like well, who are these people i don't know anybody who's on that part I, I think mario uh saved by the bell guy was on it i think that's the only one i can't remember his last name uh he paid A.C. Slater, which is messed up. I can't remember A.C. Slater, but I can't remember um, the guy's last name. But I think he was on it. Um, but other than that, I didn't know anybody who was there. Now, I don't listen to a ton of music, and music isn't necessarily my thing. More, I'm in more of an info um, technology sort of guy. But that's you know one of the reasons why I do podcasts, because I'm much more interested in information rather than uh music i'm just not that guy also i have no musical talent so (laughs) there's that um it's hard to be interested in music when you have no talent and you don't like most of the stuff that you hear although there's some great jamaican music out there in case anybody wants to listen there is some great dance hall um that's going around but there's always good dance hall and i'm sure there's good other stuff, but I ain't got the time or the energy. Um, I like to learn things and I spend most of my time just learning more things. I did uh, start listening to the History of China podcast. If anybody's looking for a podcast um, who likes history, the History of China podcast is amazing and it is detailed and it's interesting And in case you don't know anything about China, China has been a thing for about 5,000 years. So there's a lot of stuff there to dig in and to understand. Now, it's it's mostly great man history. Uh, The big people, you know, the the kings and queens and what they did in the wars rather than, um, you know, smaller history or I can't think of the term where you talk about the normal people and, you know, what's going on in society is much more, you know, the sort of Churchill, FDR, George Washington sort of thing, the big names, um, which is out of fashion right now, except for in the history of China or the history of Byzantium or a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. But a lot of them try to mix more into in the social history than the big man history. But that's a digression. Anyway, so what else have I been doing? Other than working, like I've lost my mind and dealing with being sick, um, I still make my meetings. Also, um, I graduated from my counseling um, program that I was in. On January 5th, I got a text message from my CRH, who is a certified recovery specialist, um, telling me that I was going to graduate from the program um, that I'd been going to for over a year and which was a very proud moment for me. Uh, I, 
I had made a decision that I was going to go to counseling, continue to work on my recovery, just another thing. And there were a lot of days where I didn't want to go to counseling. Like a lot of things. I didn't want to get up out of bed. At the time, as is usual, I was working a lot. And I didn't, you know, every Wednesday at 11 o'clock, it cut my sleep in the middle of it. But I got up and did it. Because I had made a commitment. And I made a commitment and I decided that this is what I needed to do for my recovery. It's very hard sometimes to remember that commitments are something that I was not good at in my active addiction. But unless I got better with that, then I was never going to get the recovery that I wanted. So a lot of days, you know, I got up and I was deathly tired and I went to go see my CRS and we talked about what I was doing and he got on me and he made sure that I was staying on a straight and narrow. And I did. So, um, in, I want to say it was October, my, the one CRS that I've been seeing most of that time, um, left the facility and I got a new one and he saw my progress and he said, you know, you're doing great. And you made all the requirements for this program. So on January 5th, you'll graduate. So I went to my graduation. So I got a nice certificate. I got some pictures. It's posted on Facebook. It's great. And I was very excited about it. So I went. And it was a very weird experience. We're sitting in a conference room, and I think six of us graduated. No, five of us graduated. And the first gentleman, I won't say his name, but he got up to speak, and he spoke for about 10 minutes, which I was pretty sure wasn't the idea. But um, he talked about his – he was about 60, and he talked about his recovery. And he talked about how he had been gay since the early 80s and how now he wasn't gay and he had never been gay and it was the drugs that had turned him gay, which uh, um, I found very hard to um, listen to. I don't think that drugs turn anyone gay or straight. I think... Your orientation is what it is. I think it's determined before you're born. And I don't think it's a fiction. So uh, how he was describing his sexuality, um, I found very uh, offensive to those who are out there struggling um, with dealing with people who are telling them that their sexuality is not important or it's not true or not real. Uh, I cannot support that. And I won't support that. I think you were born with who you are. I knew I was heterosexual from the earliest parts of my life. And I think that you know that you're gay as well. So for somebody to say, oh, it it wasn't real because of drugs, I think that that's ridiculous. 
But if that's what he's told himself and we lie to ourselves a lot, um, I wasn't going to cause a scene, but I could not support um, that. So um, it made that a bit difficult for me. I did not clap. I didn't celebrate that because I, I'm an ally to those in the LGBTQ community. And I don't think their sexuality should be questioned one way or another or anybody's to begin with. It's nobody else's concern. But the way he couched it was like, yeah, being gay ain't real. And that is not correct. Um, You love who you love. And it's important that we all support everybody's uh, right to love who they love. So that was weird. Um, also it's, you know, it's a recovery event. I'm not really sure that sexuality plays any role in that. I don't think it should. And I don't think it does. So that made it doubly weird. And then, uh, a young man, another young man. So he sat down. I could not clap for him. I couldn't really praise that. He sat down. Um, and another young man who (laughs) spoke for about 30 seconds. It was refreshing. It was, there was a dichotomy. Um, he just talked about how recovery has helped him get back on a path to taking care of his son and living the life that he's living now. So then it was my turn and called me up and I said, I'm not going to speak as long as the first guy. I'm, you know, I'm speak a little longer than the second guy. And I was called an intellectual, which was that my CRS said, this is my intellectual client, which I found a very strange use of the word intellectual. Uh, I don't think that I have that high an intellect. I just think, you know, I've learned a few things in my time. And I work hard at coming across like I don't, that if I have something to say, it's worth saying rather than just saying whatever pops in my head, Um, which is difficult sometimes because sometimes things do pop in my head. And things do come up. And I'm a very opinionated person. But people don't like that very much. It's one of the reasons why I talk to you guys out there in podcast world. Because I can share my opinions. And you can listen. You don't have to listen. But at least you know I'm going to share them. But I digress. And I spoke for a bit. And I got some pictures. And I'm going to upload them. And that was that. So, um, there are two other people who I didn't know. Actually, I didn't know any of the other people, to tell you the truth. Um, spoke from a different group and then graduated. And then it was a Wednesday, so I went to my home group. So, it was a good night all in all. And because I graduated from that program, the program that I left at Daystar, um, the halfway house, um, gave me a certificate of completion from them. Because I had... Even though I'd left early, I had fulfilled an outpatient treatment, which was amazing. It was awesome Um, because I had felt bad that I had left there early, but it had been the best decision that I could make. And, you know, other than like for so for the last year, that's the culmination. So I can finish those things. And now I can move forward. So last year, 2000, 2019, 
was the beginning of it, 2019 to 20, 2020 were about resetting, getting my life together, getting into recovery. So going to rehab, going in, like I did what, eight months of treatment in 2020, and then four months of jail. So that was about resetting my mind, getting my mind and my body back together to a place so I could actually move forward with my life. And then last year, 2021, was about stabilizing, finding my path in recovery, getting to where I needed to be to start to look forward and make my goals. 2022 is about setting the concrete foundation of moving forward. So I have some plans this year. I have some ideas. I have things that I want to do. So I'm looking forward to 2022. I'm looking forward to making further strides, getting my feet under myself, making sure that everything that I need to do, at least I get started on working on them. So in my next podcast, I'm going to talk about the future, planning, having a purpose. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys then. If anybody out there is still listening, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review or five, uh, a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to or Apple iTunes. Um, and email me at myrecoverypod at gmail.com if you want to hear any topics or you want to hear me talk about anything. I have a couple interviews coming up on Recovery Hope Shot, um, the other podcast that's also in some of the RSS feeds for uh, My Recovery Pod. Please give it a listen. Um, talking to some great people out there in recovery. I talked to Jackie D last time. I'm going to talk to Travis R. Later today, as a matter of fact, after I post this. So please like, share, and subscribe. And please take care of yourselves. Keep your minds fresh. A lot of in the winter time, a lot of us have seasonal affective disorders, which can really start to depress us and make us feel bad. But our job is to make sure that we combat that and get out in the sun and go tan or whatever you need to do to feel better. Because sitting your feelings and allowing that to bring you down is a path to darkness. And for addicts like me, darkness a lot of times leads back to the bottle or the pills or the dope or the crack or whatever your twist is. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you.